0: Hello! Happy Tuesday. Hope you're having a good week so far. I know I am. Today's my dad's birthday. Happy birthday. Pops McGee. So, we're gonna go over and hand him an Italian beef sandwich. And the kids are going to have fun with Papa and mess up his house and then we're gonna leave. So that's something to look forward to. Today's episode is about health and I don't know, like how to stay healthy, I guess, how important health is, especially if you're in your thirties or you're a parent who has kids and uh, how expensive it is to be sick. Coming up next on the Awkward Mom podcast. what does it mean to be healthy in your, in your 30s or as a parent? Life definitely gets a lot more confusing and cluttered with endless responsibilities and sometimes it's really easy to not take care of yourself. I have been trying to lose weight for I feel like three years now. I was fortunate when I was... I kind of always been heavy. I um, was heavy in high school. Then right after high school I lost it. And I was really like trim and slim. Up until I had my first kid. And then I blew up 60 pounds later. And that pattern kind of followed suit until Ren. She was the... uh, she was the deal breaker. I am stuck at a weight. And I don't know if it's because of, well, it has to be because of age, because things are totally different now. Even the pregnancy was different with her, with each one of them. It can be really defeating when you're trying to be healthy and you're trying to lose weight and you're working full time. Or even if you're working part time or in parenting full time, because parenting is always full time, right? Then you have ambitions and goals for yourself. You're trying to go to school to get a different job, or you're trying to work more to get a promotion in your job, or you want to make a career change, and that's very stressful. And um it's interesting because being healthy and working out and eating right is kind of like the must do in order to maintain a busy life like this um the obvious benefits of eating right and working out are endless but it's getting the motivation to get something consistent going and keep it going around life's twists and turns that can be uh that's the hard part, I think, is to, once you fall off, you get back on and and pick up where you left off. I was uh, about, over the last spring, I had these weird, like, eye symptoms. I was I wasn't seeing spots, but I was kind of seeing floaters, but they were much bigger and they didn't float around. It would just stay in one space. And I'm like, well, that can't be good. So that kind of crescendoed when I woke up from a nap and I couldn't see out of my left eye. And I was like, oh, that's not good either. I should probably make an appointment. So I I, I went to my ophthalmologist and it turns out I had something called... Um, uh pseudo tumor cerebri they didn't know that at the time I just had swelling on my eye nerves and um, this was a huge thing and and then I have to say in the grand scheme of things this is very small because there are people my age dealing with huge illnesses like cancer MS or you know whatever and To go from one minute being okay and going through the motions of life, you know, being put out by what you feel like are big deals like, um, oh man, my, you know, I, oh man, I, 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 you know, I can't pick pick up my coffee today. I think I saw that on, on Facebook from somebody in a group, she and there's some little mundane things you complain about, but then the next day you can't see, or you find out you have cancer, or you know you whatever. And uh, I in no way am I comparing myself either to somebody who's have have has had cancer or has has been diagnosed. I'm just speaking from a place from more like the gravity of being um, surprised by an extreme um, jolt of jarring news and we think we're okay but this could be we could not be okay so now coming back from what I can speak from, from my own issue, I, I was like, this is a big deal. Like you, you know, cause my fear is if I'm not on top of me trying to lose weight, ultimately that's what I have to do, especially with this eye condition I have to lose weight in order for the swelling because pseudotumor is excess spinal fluid in the brain, so for that to come down, they don't know how I got it, so they can only assume it's excessive weight, which i am the, I have been the heaviest recently than I've ever been, so you know it just took one one scare and i and I'm like, you know, I have to make a change. And uh, it just really hits you how important it is to, if any time, if if there's any time to start, begin finding a way to be healthy, it's now. Because from now on, your metabolism starts to slow down. Um, things just get harder the older you get. I'm really inspired because a coworker and I think it's really interesting because I used to work with this with my friend and she's in her fifties and I just remember her talking to me about how she wanted to lose weight and she was getting really discouraged for years and she wasn't doing it and she just was really upset about it and hey girl, I feel you. I've been there. I, I'm still there, I get it but I'm like, you know what? You can't think about that. Like you totally got this. Like you can do it. I know you can, like, it doesn't matter. Like you can totally lose this weight. And now she had joined Weight Watchers maybe a year ago and she's lost a hundred pounds and I'm so proud of her. I'm so happy for her and she looks great. And, um, You know it's like you get a new lease on life after that and and health statistics drop dramatically when you lose that much weight you know she doesn't happen to have that many health risks going on anymore and um, so it can be done I'm not saying that you can't lose weight when you're older You definitely, absolutely can. Women do it all, and men. It's not just a, not just a woman thing. Women and men do it all, all over the world all the time, but I know with women, it's so, I can, you know, I can speak from that, like just the hormones and the emotional eating, and it's so hard, especially being a mom. Like, oh my gosh. So that's another thing I wanted to talk about, which is interesting. It's like, there's been times where I'll have a rough family dynamic going on with the kids. Maybe they're fighting or I'm upset with somebody and immediately I've noticed I've caught myself opening up the cabinet and looking for something salty or something sweet. Like immediately my first response was to eat and, uh, emotional eating is very hard to overcome for me it takes a lot of mental focus it takes a lot of um, presence when you're when you're feeling when you have these triggers you know maybe it might not be conflict for somebody maybe it's some something else I don't know but I know when I'm feeling stressed out it's absolutely the first thing that i I catch myself doing and if you can catch yourself there and you can, um, make a different decision in that instant. I think you prove to yourself at that point, you have the power to lose 50 pounds or a hundred pounds because it's that decision that is, that is, that's what it takes. That decision is that that's what it takes to lose weight. And, um, I think it just takes that presence to realize, okay, that's that's the trigger, and that I am not going to pacify myself with food to feel better. What other ways can I do? Can I make myself feel better, or air quotes, safe in this moment? In this moment, um, especially maybe if you've dealt with a lot of past trauma or, um, conflict in your home as a child that, that, you know what, and I'm also very mindful, like if my kids are sad and I don't know, let me know in a comment or a voice message or PM me on Instagram, go to my Instagram. You can PM me, go to my Facebook, Awkward Mom. Um, one thing I am super mindful to not do is and I have four girls, and especially since they're girls, is when they're having a hard time with their sisters, something at school, uh, us, you know, Jordan and I, or whatever, my last, I've stopped myself from giving them something to eat, to calm them, to make them feel better. Sometimes like if, you know, it's been a thing where, and my parents have done this, I'm sure. You fall and scrape your knee, oh you okay, well here, you wanna go get some ice cream or you wanna go. And I'm not saying that there's that you can't ever do that, but it's just I have to be extra mindful, I feel like, about what when I'm doing that. The gravity of the of the negative feelings that maybe one of my kids is having in relation to the the food or the food reward or soothing that i give to them and absolutely i'm totally not telling anybody not to do this but this is just something that i have been implementing and i've just been kind of kind of keeping an eye on but Um, emotional eating is is, it's a very difficult thing to to break it's a hard cycle to break Um, and there's a lot of like relapse I feel like involved in that also nighttime eating I've you know I grew up where my mom she was a nighttime eater for sure snacker eater and uh, I try my best to not do that. Luckily, I I don't stay up late anymore, but it is also um, proven that the later you stay up, the more your hunger hormones are firing, and you are more likely to eat. So, and I think that was probably part of what my mom was going through as well as some other factors, but just something to keep in mind. If you feel like you're a nighttime snacker just know that I'm here for you I totally feel you I know where you're coming from I've been there I'm still there and we'll all just figure this out together right so I'm gonna go to a break but then I'll come back and I wanted to give you some insights about like health care coverage because if you're really sick You have to go to the doctor, but if you don't have insurance, that's a problem, and I'll talk about that next. So I was pulling up some stats here because I'm like, I feel like I should present my listeners with something other than me just fumbling through the fo- the podcast and deckity sleeping like a log. So I'm like, OK, well, let's figure Let's figure this out. So top three chronic diseases. They are probably exactly. Well, not probably. They're what? I'm sure you can think of right off your head, right? Heart disease, diabetes, and cancer, followed by stroke and arthritis. And um, I th- that order is not, like, in correct order, but that's just the top three. And um, it would blew my mind because I'm, like, ser- researching this stuff, and it said, like, 45%. Or 133 million Americans suffer from at least one, and I'm like, damn it, that is crazy. Like my mom, like God rest her soul, she passed. Well, I have two moms, and it sounds a little bit more progressive than it is. I was adopted, and uh, both of them had uh, one of the one of one of the three of these. Like my biological mom, Darlene, she um, passed from lung cancer. Um, and my adoptive mom Carolyn she had a lot um, she was a smoker just like my biological mom so she had the gamut she had like um, emphysema um, I think she had COPD congestive heart failure um, emphysema um, she had diabetes she was also overweight and um She eventually came out down with a pre-leukemia called MDS. Robin Roberts from, I think, the Today Show. I think she had the same thing. But basically, the bone marrow was producing unhealthy or misshapen red blood cells. Ultimately, landed her in the hospital very frequently. And she ended up catching a staph infection and passing from that. Um, so that was really rough, you know. I, I remember being a kid, and, like, there's just some things she couldn't do. She, like, going upstairs, she couldn't breathe, you know. Like, So she definitely couldn't be as active. And that never bothered me, because I knew that she wanted to, like, is physically active, I would say. You know, she was very, like, crafty. She had me involved in all sorts of things, and... So please don't mistake that she couldn't do anything. She definitely did a lot. But as far as, you know, she's, I just remember, I wish I could run. She could never run, you know, like, and, um, her back always hurt her. I just felt, always felt bad for her. So taking care of yourself now is so important. So it doesn't get any worse I'm trying like hell to lose weight before it gets to the point that I don't want to think that I would give up. I don't think I would give up on that quest, but at some point it's, like, defeating. Like, man, like, it's hard. It's really, really hard. But, um, so yeah, health is important. If you can, if you can... And, you know, what I'm going to talk, I'm going to save this actually for the end. But, um, so, okay, so then, so then I did the eye thing. And so I had to have an MRI. I had to do all this stuff. And thank God that Jordan has good insurance. Thank God his company, he's he's so smart. You know, he got into the trades. He does HVAC work. So he's got a, a union um, health insurance. And that is so Damn important. And it's it's sad because some people don't have health insurance. And I was going to bring up a um a bill of my I because I don't care. I don't give shit. I will remember that for next um episode. I'll bring up a bill next episode and I'll read you some of the itemized shenanigans that are under this bill. I owe I still have to pay over $1500 to Sherman that is not that is not even a sliver that is not even a drop in the bucket of water that is probably the total cost of the ophthalmologist, the MRI. Um, I have to see a neurologist and then I had um, a blood panel done to check if I had lupus or any thyroid problems. And I had to see a rheumatologist and this is just more recently and um, I yeah I I can't even imagine what the what the totals are at the end maybe I'll get by next week um, a more current bill and I will read you that but had I not had health insurance I cannot even imagine what I would be owing right now. And some people still don't have health insurance. And I cannot imagine having a debilitating, I mean, never mind about what I'm going through, because thank God, I would, I'm i pretty much okay. I'm going to check on this eye thing, and I think everything is will be done. But some people, like my mom, when she had the pre-leukemia, if I'm not mistaken, her chemotherapy, if my dad didn't have TRICARE from the military, it was like three grand a session. What do you do if you're below the poverty line? What do you do if you don't have good in health insurance? I know if I had to depend on the health insurance from my work, which I, I don't think I get because I don't work enough hours, so I, I would be in that pickle. But I don't even think they covered 20%. I could be wrong, but it still doesn't hold a candle to the, to the insurance coverage that my husband has. And it makes, going through all this, makes me grateful that I have good insurance. makes me grateful that I am still, after all of this, I'm relatively healthy. But it makes me feel for the people who do not have health coverage families, kids, women, pregnant women, you know, elderly people. Somebody was just talking to me today, because I do, I'm a hairstylist as well, and talking about how Medicare, I think, doesn't cover, um, I don't remember if it was dental, so that's not health, but dental. But still, dental insurance is friggin' crazy. Like, and obviously, and so that's why, like, a lot of elderly people choose to rip, do the, just go for a, a denture. Because it's cheaper and they have to pay out of pocket. Uninsured, so far, and this is 2017, and this is, comes from a Vox article. If you're really intrigued about this article, I will... Uh, 8 PM me, I'll give you the article that I read, but it's from Vox. And this it comes from an Obamacare-Trump perspective. I'm not going there, because that's not what this podcast is about. But all I went in there to look for is to see how many uninsured Americans there are. Looks like there's about 27.5 million, and it's actually rising up from five twenty five point six million in 2017. And I think this was from last year. So, those many people are either underinsured or they have no insurance at all. Um, so you know, you know, if you have good health coverage, you, you know, just be grateful. If I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know, and and I think. Um, from what this article was saying is that people who are underinsured end up not getting care because they can't afford it, and they can't afford the upkeep of maintaining their health. Ultimately, thus landing them in the hospital later, and that affects everybody in the end. And that's um, that's sad. So, what is it? T- what does it take to be healthy? Why is it so hard to be healthy? I don't know. I don't know. It's because I can speak for me. It's because, you know, I don't feel like it sometimes. I don't feel like going to the gym. Okay. I don't feel like it. My toddler, I used to go, I I go to the gym. um, I would go every morning at eight o'clock after I dropped the kids off. My daughter, Ren, does not want to go anymore. And I can't say that I blame her because the daycare is super boring. Now, that could be an excuse because I can go later at night. I can go, but that just kind of, and I can do that. I can work out at home. There's really no excuse. Like that's, that's an excuse, but that's why I'm not doing it. Um, or I haven't been consistent. I have been running more, which is nice. Couch to 5k. That's the app that I'm using. Um, and so far so good but all the online noise that you're seeing is so overwhelming that is why you're having such a hard time like that is why I figured out I'm having a hard time there's there's teas there's um keto there's whole 30 plant based vegan um south beach beach body it works Herbalife and these kardashian teas that make you shit yourself you know all these things are overwhelming and then you're supposed to you know do yoga crossfit mma boxing um running uh just all all of these bar i remember bar is really big that stripper pole dancing that was huge what happened to that nobody wants to be a stripper anymore i guess it's overwhelming because everybody has something to sell you and they try to discount what the last person said. So you think when you're over here on your stripper pole and making it rain for your kids, you are, are like, Oh shit. Like great. Now I need to be doing this thing over here. Now I need to be doing this. I should be doing CrossFit deadlifts and like, and it's just like, you know, you can't keep up with that. Who can keep up with that? Nobody can. But that's that's the power of the internet and social media marketing. Everybody wants you to buy their shit. And they want you to keep doing it. And they're selling you the idea of a healthy, fitter body with a fad. Pretty sure, and I could be wrong, but I was... Uh, There's something I was watching, and it was kind of saying that um, keto was kind of basically the old, is the new Adkins, which is the new zone diet. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I I didn't research those things. But if that's true, then they've basically bundled up and repackaged the same diet. What is it? Keto and um, paleo. That was the other thing. What happened to paleo? Are we still doing paleo? I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. So I was really into weightlifting, um, and that's because my Jordan was weightlifting a lot. And then I picked up a weightlifting women's magazine, which is really good. It's called Oxygen Women's Fitness and it's run by good people. So I would definitely pick it up and read it. It's inspiring. But um, I bought two workout plans from this company and I would get to the same part in both of these workout plans because they were identical, just different trainers and a different result at the end. Um, But both times I would get to the intensity interval part and I would just be like, you know what, F this, I'm out, I'm done. And I didn't understand why until today. Honestly, today, when I was, like, mapping all this stuff out for my podcast, for this episode, it's because that's not who I am. I'm, I've never been this peppy, like, sparky, jump up and do 25 billion burpees type of person. Even as a kid, you know, I remember my friend... Gina, I love you. She would laugh at me because we would work at Baker Square, and we, I would, the table would come in, and I would just mosey on over there, like, "Hey guys, what's good? What do you want today?" Okay, and then I'd mosey my way on back. That's who I am. That is me. Okay, I'm not. The, I'm. I'm slow and steady wins the race. I'm just not this hurry up person. I'm just not. And there's this book that I've been reading with um, Wren. It's called Slowly, Slowly, Slowly by Eric Carle. And it's about a sloth. And they're like, why are you so lazy? All these animals are coming in here, treating his entire life. And they're like, why are you so slow? Why are you so lazy? Like, ugh, we can't even stand you. And he's like, look, listen, because that's how I am. I'm not lazy. I just do things slowly, okay? And I like it cuz that's who I am. That's who I am. So I am not a high-intensity interval training person. I can do that for maybe a couple of weeks and then I'm bored. But I do really like yoga. I do really like Pilates. These are can be very intense workouts, but they're very slow and very controlled and precise. And I found that that's easier for me, and I can actually do that with, to the better of my abilities than I can, I'm running even, um, b- box jumps, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it. Leave me alone. I'm not doing that. Um, and weightlifting, weightlifting is slow and controlled, but you can lose weight doing these things. You can get healthy with your body weight alone. You don't need to, I don't know, you don't need to like jazzercise it up. You can, all I'm saying is the secret to you losing weight is figuring it out what you're good at already and applying workouts that are centralized around that. Don't try to be like, you know, Jillian Michaels, is that her name, and doing all these extra movements. You know, it's good to get the heart rate up, but if you're not going to keep doing it, what is the point? You got to find something that jives with you, that you can sustain in the long run. Same with the diet. Don't starve yourself. You know, I prefer a plant-based lifestyle. But a lot of people don't. If the zone or or keto is working for you, then bully for you. Then keep doing that. Whatever's showing you results in and out of the doctor's office. That's what matters. So, I think that's the end of episode three. I think it's like a half an hour long. They keep getting longer and longer. But that's okay. I don't care as long as you'll listen to it. I'm good with that. I'm so happy because since you've talked to me last week, or I've talked to you, my podcast has been accepted onto Apple Podcasts, um, Pocket Casts, and Google Podcasts as of this morning. Yay! So literally, there is no reason you should not be telling all of your friends about this podcast, and they should not be subscribing to this podcast so, hop over to my Instagram, The Awkward A W K W Y R D M O M, and my Facebook and sub follow me, subscribe there, and you'll get little um posts about every new place that my podcast is popping up. Also, there's an awesome little um Pinterest code on my Instagram that you should totally snap and start following me there I think I'm going to focus my attention more on on Pinterest because I feel like there's not a lot of Pinterest love going on and it just seems like a happier place to be instead of comparing yourself on Instagram so definitely do that and if you have any questions comments or concern any feedback drop me a note send me an email at Indy I N is Nancy, D I E K A T E 1698 at yahoo.com or down here in the Anchor app or PM me on any of those platforms that I've mentioned just before. And let me know how I'm doing. Let me know what you want to hear more of or if you have any input for any future episodes. I would love to hear it. All right. So this is me and Decade signing off. And have a wonderful rest of your week. Take care. Happy birthday, dad. And I'll talk to you soon. Be well.